Weostan. Frida jumped, startled by the booming voice echoing across the early morning emptiness of the mead hall. She clutched the full pitcher awkwardly to her chest, and some mead slopped onto her dress. Better that, she thought, dabbing at her front, than on her father's priceless tapestry, laid out on a wide trestle table for cleaning. The longhouse had an air of waiting, of anticipation for the first of three feasts to take place later in the evening, and the still air shattered against the thunderous voice. King Beowulf stood in the center of the long, narrow room, next to the raised fire pit, fists on his hips, and feet apart, as if daring anyone to move him. He must have stood over seven feet tall by the old Roman measurements, and his long braided hair and beard, once the color of honey and amber, had turned snowy white. His chest was as broad as a standing stone, his hands as big as dinner plates, and his keen blue eyes snapped with energy as they scanned the mead hall, looking for the master of the house. Frida's father, Lord Weostan. Uncle Beowulf, Frida exclaimed, putting the pitcher down on one of the low benches that edged the hall and wiping her hands on her skirt. She tucked her left hand into her sleeve. The king's eyes found her and brightened with delight. Frida, my sweet girl, he bellowed and stretched his arms out to her. She ran into them and felt herself lifted from the ground in a rib-crushing loving grip. She winced, but hugged him back. Why did you not tell us when you were coming? Frida said, her voice muffled against his massive chest. The king laughed and lowered her back to earth. Most of the other dignitaries have already arrived, she continued, straightening her crumpled dress. We expected you days ago. If I'd known when you planned to be here, I would have asked my father to greet you at the gate with the guards and some of our more important guests. Ah, uh, nonsense, Beowulf said, swiping an enormous hand over her hair as if she were a small child. A few pins sprang loose from her heavy braids and fell to the floor. I came a few days late to avoid such things. Frida gave him a stern look. You gave Hrothgar more notice than you gave us, she accused. Since she was a babe, she'd heard the stories of Beowulf's unannounced landing on the Danish king's shores, and how Hrothgar's warriors had nearly skewered him with their spears. I was younger then. Give an old man leave to inconvenience his family. He looked around the mead hall. So, where is the old goat? I am here, my king. Weostan strode into the mead hall, exuding the arrogance and confidence with which he did everything in his life. Frida stiffened, glancing down at herself to make sure her dress was straight, that her maid had fastened her brooch clasps evenly, and had properly knotted her belt. She had not yet bathed after her practice with Brycher, and the spilled mead had stained her bodice, but she hoped her father would not notice. A wayward strand of hair fell across her face, and she pushed it away. She could never tame her wild mane. Curls burst from her braids and refused to yield to pins or combs. Her father hated it. She suspected it violated his sense of order and decorum. Beowulf made a frustrated noise. After all these years, Weostan, you can't call me by my given name. 
We are blood, after all, and we've been friends since we were boys.